Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And today I'd like to talk to you about the Old and the New Covenants. The Old Covenant, the New Covenant, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and what point they play today. All today are bound to respond in obedience to the New Covenant, the New Testament that was ratified with the blood of the Son of God. I'd like this today to look at an interesting passage in which the same point is made. I believe it illustrates how completely God's hand was in the development of his plan and that the glorious gospel of the New Testament was always God's purpose. That passage is found in Galatians chapter 4 verses 21 through 31 and while it is a lengthy reading it's worth our taking the time to read it. We'll begin again in Galatians chapter 4 verse 21. Tell me you who want to be under law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman and one by the free woman. But the son by the bondwoman was born according to the flesh and the son by the free woman through the promise. This is allegorically speaking, for these two women are two covenants, one proceeding from Mount Sinai, bearing children who are to be slaves. She is Hagar. Now this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, barren woman who does not bear, Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor, for more are the children of the desolate than of the one who has a husband. And you, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. But as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so it is now also. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of a bondwoman, but of a free woman. The book of Galatians, my friends, was written to a predominantly Gentile church that was being troubled by certain Jewish Christians. Those Jewish Christians were seeking a perverted gospel, bringing into it certain aspects of the law of Moses, such as circumcision, keeping of the Sabbath, and so forth, and saying that they were necessary for salvation. The letter of Galatians is a powerful denial of the validity of their teaching, as well as a forceful defense of the gospel Paul had presented to them. In chapter 4, Paul makes the point that if those who sought to be bound by the old law had understood the old law, they would know that no one was to be under it any longer. Paul's use of the events surrounding Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael, Sarah, and Hagar is absolutely striking. He parallels what happened with them to the difference between the Old and New Covenants to illustrate the principles involved. Consider the points of comparison. 
Abraham is vital in that he was the father of the Jewish race and also the man who was saved by faith and the father of the faithful, chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. The two women under consideration are Sarah, a free woman, and Hagar, a bondwoman. The two sons are Isaac, the child of promise, born to a previously barren Sarah who was past the age of childbearing, and Ishmael, born after the flesh through the natural laws of procreation by Abraham and Hagar. The allegorical interpretation is found in what Paul, through the Holy Spirit, says the things represent. Hagar and Sarah represent the two covenants. Hagar signified the law of Moses, the old covenant that was given at Mount Sinai. The old law kept a man in bondage to keep that law perfectly. In chapter 3 and verse 23, Paul had put it this way, We were kept in custody under the law. In this way, Paul could write that the law gave birth to children destined to be slaves. The law alone could not give spiritual freedom. Thus, those seeking salvation through perfect obedience to the law of Moses could be referred to as her children in slavery with her. Present Jerusalem stands for earthly Jerusalem, the headquarters of Judaism. Sarah, on the other hand, corresponds to the Jerusalem above. Notice that this Jerusalem is free, and the children of it are free as well, free of the bondage of the law and the guilt of sin. It is clear that this Jerusalem above, this heavenly Jerusalem, is the church. I know that this is so because of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 and 23, which says, But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. Those who are in the church, seeking justification through faith in Christ, are children of promise compared to Isaac. In the comparison, those who were seeking justification through works of the law of Moses were slaves corresponding to Ishmael. But Paul even carries the illustration further. Just as Ishmael taunted Isaac, the Jews of the first century were persecuting the church. It is important to carry the allegory to its conclusion. Even though Abraham had been reluctant to drive Hagar and Ishmael away, God told him to do so. Paul is making the same point. Those Jewish Christians who were perverting the gospel and trying to lead the Galatians astray needed to be cast out, clearly identified, not tolerated, withdrawn from. What a wonderful and fascinating way to demonstrate that no one is under the old law today, Jew or Gentile. Do you not marvel at the incredible hand of God as he brings to fruition those things that he would have them to be?